Welcome to the 24 Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for 24, Live Another Day on Fox. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. I think we need to downgrade ourselves. We're the unofficially unofficial podcast. We're not even officially unofficial. No. We've, okay, why we're, are we downgrading? We're just fucking around here. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But that's exactly what this episode did, in my opinion. It, it just fucked around for an hour. You're right, because when we got done watching it, you said... So nothing happened in this episode, and I'm Pretty like, much. well, she got her finger chiseled off, but so what? Catelyn Stark's still taking over the drones, and and the, Jack the, Bauer is still on the outs with the official channels of the government, the, and they still don't have the flight data. They and still like, don't have the flight data. The only thing, I guess, the only real pivot was with the legionses. Kate now is yes. siding with Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president is not. Yeah, the president surprise sided with the chief of staff. Um, Kat Stark's daughter and son-in-law are in open rebellion. Yep. But uh, she's managed to cow them in, so nothing much changed. I remember 24 playing the shell game. It's like a lot of Mm, stuff is moving. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. But at the end, (laughs) you know, it's like I even remember when the guy said, uh, hey, I got the Visa local bus hacked. Uh-huh. I got this thing ready to go, and she's like, how long do I take control of the drones? I, what, it, <laughs> you just plugged it in, man. Like, it should be instantaneously. He's like, uh-huh. about an hour. And I'm like, oh, so closing scenes, we're going to yeah. see this grand apocalyptic plan about to take place. Do sure. you feel like that a famous London landmark is going to be obliterated next mm, episode? Like Big Ben? You want to see the clock come down? That might, that might be too big. Too much? Um, like the circus? Like, like Piccadilly Circus? You want to see that destroyed? Like the crossing walk that the Beatles uh, shot their the front cover of Abbey Road. <laughs> yeah. They're going to shoot, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna go shoot to Abbey, Road. Abbey Road. Yeah. And take the drones in. Uh, I don't think that's likely, <laughs> but... <laughs> Sure, I could see some uh, some devastation that us Americans might recognize. I mean, that big uh, Ferris wheel. Yeah, yeah. That's a gaudy piece of shit. Don't belong in downtown <laughs> London. But they've already shown us the tube. You got the so. Tower of London. You got Big Ben. You got uh-huh. London Bridge. You got the Millennial Wheel or whatever the hell they call it. The Millennial I, Wheel's going to die. Yeah. Millennial Wheel's going to get it. Uh, okay. Yeah, if that's your prediction, sure. I'm going with Big Ben. That's the one that every American knows. <sighs> Poor Big Ben. I know. Devastation. Um, uh, so what do you think about, uh, it was my opinion that Heller just waited like 10 minutes in that parliament room mm-hmm. in front of parliament, just, just blank stare on his face while people shouted murderer. And I think that he did that and he just had this vacant stare and let drool run out of his <laughs> until they started feeling like I'm shouting at someone's grandfather <laughs> and their man is clearly incompetent. Their British civility overrode their need for political blood and yeah. the crowd just out of out of feeling sorry for him, uh-huh. decided and then, to pull back, and then he started Heller talking. snaps out of it, and he starts saying, we need to hear each other out. Man, it's any time where you're on television and you have to portray something as the greatest thing ever. I remember, like, you know, in Lost, they'd always show us snips of the concert for whoever the band Charlie was in. Oh yeah. yeah. And the song they're singing is like, this is the shittiest thing I've ever heard. Uh This is on the radio. I mean, come on, I guess Biz Marquis got on with you. Yeah. God. So it it can happen, but this is not a band that sells out arenas. Sure. 
every once in a while, Mad Men, you know, they'll have an ad campaign that's kind of a stinker, although they're the exception that proves the rule. Most of the time, when they have a tagline, it's like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of genius. Mm-hmm. If there's a show about making Broadway musical, the Broadway musical, anytime they sing a song from it, it's shit. <laughs> Heller's speech was the most paint-by-numbers, platitude-filled bullshit, <laughs> and we only heard 30 seconds of it, and that's super wise. Here's the thing. Maybe they're going to play into that in the show. Maybe they're going to go that direction and say, well, Parliament just says fuck you because they think you're full of wind. Nah, no. No, you think everyone in Parliament was convinced by that speech. I would have gone, well, I think he bought some political time. He did. And that's the other thing is they went from empty platitudes nakedly pivoting back to his point, which is we need drone bases and drones to keep us safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, the drones no, just killed us. Yeah, there's no way they would have taken him to the Tower of London and beheaded him. <laughs> I think that if I was this person trying to sell this sack of shit to somebody to the viewing audience, I would have just uh, had him looking patrician and saying words over the twenty four. <sighs> During the scene transitions, Show none of it? to just imply that, and you know, and and, and mm. cutting at the thoughtful Brits, maybe one of them with a tear running out of his eye, so we can <laughs> assume that he's just knocking them out of the block. Sure, but no, yeah. I don't buy. In one panel, you can have the president giving his speech, In the other panel, you have a tear coming down. Right. In another panel, you have Chloe's sour face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't believe. I don't buy the president from Hot Shots Part Two could get himself out of that bloodthirsty crowd there's just no way yeah they they were way more riled up last episode than we saw this time uh so other than that uh we saw a lot of the 24 tropes mm-hmm. jack bustin uh pistol whips a guard it goes to lieutenant danner and says you've got to trust me i'm your only shot sure well okay which is funny because so tanner's in deep shit Oh, he's yeah. being cri- accused of a crime he didn't commit. Now he's committing a crime on video and audio camera. Yep. Uh, just because Jack says, I'm the only chance you got. I haven't even talked to my lawyer yet. I'm the only chance you've got. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's due, due process and there's the whole Jack thing. I'm the only chance you've got. And it's like, okay. Then later in the episode, we see the extremely rare deployment of that maneuver on Jack Bauer. Oh, sure. Or Kate yeah, bust yeah. in through the laundry chute <laughs> that is conveniently <laughs> that, connected to the secure communications room. And that she somehow knows is there and connects. Yeah, you'd think the Marines maybe would know about that and could drop some gas in there. You would or, think so. Uh, but she's like, uh, hey, uh, you got five minutes left to go. You got one minute until the Marines come in here and kick your ass in. Yep. I'm the only shot you've got. And he Why should it. I trust you? I'm the only play you've got. Okay, here's the <laughs> USB drive. It's it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's certainly right in that situation. Mm-hmm. They're about to bust in and kill everyone. So uh, de- definitely right, but yeah, it, it works on Jack as well. And I also like this the way technology works in this world. You know, Jack, uh, he realizes that all these Marines are converging in the embassy. There's no way out. He's in the basement. Uh, so he decides to commandeer a network closet. That has three interns working in it, and jack his USB port into there and send uh, Chloe the encrypted file. Mm-hmm. Transmit, sorry, it gets like 10% of the way through, and then transmission fails. And she says, oh, well, or actually evil Mark Snowden comes in and says, oh, well, they own the equipment, they own the software. If it detects 
uh, encrypted transmission, it shuts it off. Uh-huh. Not before it lets you get 10% of the encrypted file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully nothing really classifies in that 10%. And the thing is, <laughs> encrypted data can be transferred, no problem. You don't yeah. have to decrypt data to transfer it. Right. And how would this soft how would this gear know? I mean, I don't know. It just it's funny that it let them get 10% in the way yeah, and yeah. then pulled the rug on them. Sure. Uh let's talk a little bit about I guess the chief of staff and what his game is because he is working directly with the head of CIA. Yeah, I or, guess or at least the London CIA, base. Yeah. Right. The London-based CIA branch. Right. Um, he He's well aware of Jack Bauer in this scenario, but he's got... The chief of staff doesn't normally have law enforcement agencies reporting to him. I wouldn't think so. So... But I don't know. What's going on with him? Is this a personal mission of his? Halfway, Is, through, the, halfway through the episode, I actually thought that maybe, maybe he had sent Jack Bauer through some backdoor communication channel... Uh, to accomplish this mission. Okay. Because when they came in and briefed him about Jack Bauer taking hostages and all that, he seemed genuinely taken aback, like, oh, shit, you know? Hmm. It seems then when he was arguing that the Marines should come in and, and cave his ass in, that that theory kind of died a quick death. Sure. And we speculated also that he might be the main bad guy. Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth because they do a lot of will you, won't you, and you just won't know until the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> but he still seems to be in the pole position to be the number one bad guy. Sure. Unless it's Navarro, or maybe it's Chris Parlow. Who are those people? <laughs> Navarro is a, isn't it, is Benjamin Bratt playing? Uh, yes, the head of the... Yeah, the, the head of the, the, the CIA. The guy who's calling him up on the phone, yeah. My bad for using real names. Kate's... Uh, uh, Chris Parlow is the agent working with Kate. Okay. That's wanting to be the head agent to replace her and is right. outraged that she didn't miss her or that she missed the fact that her husband's a, a spy and terrorist. Sure. And then who else did I say? Oh, no, yeah. So it's Chief it. of Staff. I don't know his name. Audrey's husband. Yeah. Chris Parlow from The Wire and uh, Navarro. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we have these names down cold. We're good to go. Yeah. Uh, and then I was kind of surprised that Heller was willing to tell the Marines to kill Jack. Right. Told them to go in and kill him. Uh, I also love surprising. The, the Marine captain. He's like, if there's even a hint of threat, I'll back whatever decision you boys made. <laughs> and they're all like, uh, here loud and clear, sir. Time to fuck a terrorist in the ass, boys. <laughs> sir, we had to remove his pants. <laughs> It was a tactical decision. It's a tactical decision made on the ground. <laughs> there was no time for lube. <laughs> uh, they're like all about it. But again, they didn't know about the laundry shoot. How did Kate know about the laundry shoot? I don't know. Does she have an encyclopedic knowledge of all American embassies? Or is that just standing operating procedure to build a laundry shoot into all secure communication <laughs> facilities? This room has a fucking door that's armored enough to stop rifle fire uh-huh uh and it has to have a c4 charge to take it down but it also has a back door large enough for an adult human to crawl through and not really like squeeze through no i, I mean, mean she had a she could have stayed stayed in there for like a week yeah yeah just no. hanging out it's it's the size of a small loft apartment in new york city <laughs> yeah it's basically what it is you get you can furnish it nicely in ikea yeah 
one of those like 254 square foot model rooms Nike would fit in there with plenty of room to spare. You could probably go up to the 512 square foot plan in that laundry chute. Probably. It's a, pal- it's a palatial laundry chute. <laughs> Tom Cruise wish he had those kind of laundry chutes in Mission Impossible. <laughs> maybe that's – seriously, though, maybe that's the way the American government goes. Like, sure, they'll build a secure facility, a communication facility, mm-hmm. but the gov- the contractor says, look, it's in our bylaws. We have to put a six-foot-by-six-foot six air shaft that leads into this facility. Why? <laughs> air doesn't need six-feet-by-six-feet. Six air just needs, you know, they could pipe it in without the ability for a human to crawl through. I'm telling you, Mission Impossible, 24 Live Another Day, the body of evidence is mounting. you got to have a large air shaft going into the secure communication rooms or it just doesn't work i mean they do have to cool all those computers how else do you do it <laughs> yeah those three desktops <laughs> yeah what what would it be like to be those three interns on the ground this guy busts in with the gun mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you're in the american embassy in london yeah the gut the marines probably don't even wear body armor most of the time they're just like in their casual shits they're wearing polos and whatnot and every security is kind of lax this maniac comes in with a gun uh tells you get in the corner he takes a phone call from what he says is the president. Uh-huh. Uh, he's very cavalier talking about, uh, hey, there's uh, a dozen Marines going to bust in his door with explosives. I'll hold them off as long as I can. They're like, oh, shit. Can we opt out of this? <laughs> and then some girl busts in from the ceiling, <laughs> kicks out the air shaft. Right, right. And and handcuffs him. Like, what the fuck? What do you think of Cat Stark? Torturing her daughter right in front of her son-in-law's. Uh, why that was she, pretty brutal. That was wh- brutal. Why does she need this guy to fly the drone so bad? I don't know, man. Like she said, can take any kid off the street, right. put an Xbox controller in his hand, and she's good to go. Right. Have you played Call of Duty Modern Warfare? <laughs> All right. Grab him. Battlefield you know. 1942. Can you fly a jet? <laughs> or I guess not 1942. Have you ever flown, two. Have you ever flown an Apache in Battlefield. You're yeah. overqualified. Come here. Go yeah, I, I don't get why this guy is so important to the operation. Um, if they had played it like she needs him to keep her daughter on board, mm-hmm. maybe I could have bought that a little bit more. But anybody can fly a drone. I don't think it takes special training. It's just a couple joysticks. Right. And... Yeah, I mean, I don't... I mean, I honestly don't know how hard or easy it is, but it seems like a five-minute demo... It's a video game. It, I mean, it, it really, really is a video is. game. You don't have to worry about G-forces or anything like that. I bet I bet there's a lot of GPS assist. Probably. A lot of autopilot. A lot of just, like, plugging in GPS coordinates and it'll go there. And, yeah. like, you know, touchscreen, you know, fuck up this. <laughs> you stuff. can do it from an iPad. <laughs> yeah. Select Abbey Road, fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else we got to talk about? I don't know. There's... Like I said, nothing much happened this episode, so I don't really know what to talk about. Uh, well, we talked about what we think is going to happen next, which I, I do think a missile will be launched. Not all ten. Oh, the drones will fire. Although yeah, I'm with you. Here, here's what concerns me: when we saw the map of all the drones that are currently in airspace, they were spread yeah. over from hell to breakfast. Yep. Like there was one, I think, over North Africa. There was one hovering around Eastern Europe. Nothing like downtown London. Yeah. So it's going to, it's, it's, I feel like that next episode, we're going to be treated to a lot of tense scenes of the Minuteman, uh, the guy that's married to Simone de Facor, daughter of Catelyn Stark. Uh A lot of scenes of him sweat popping off his face, 
piloting a drone across Europe. And then trying to the, figure out how he's going to get out of this before and he then has at to the kill end, people. He'll have a missile lock or something because yeah. yeah, there's no drone that's just ready to to fuck shit up. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it would be a little bit too early in the season for something like that to. Unless that there's a down. bigger plot, you know. Uh, unless the uh, Audrey's husband is in on it, and there's a bigger plot that they have to unleash than just capturing a couple drones. Yeah, and we're. A third of the way through the series now, so maybe it is time for some. I mean, and maybe we'll get the reveal of the first mole. Yeah, that's how the seasons usually unfold, right? There's a plot that you think is the main threat, and then something else comes out of the woodwork, and it changes to a bigger threat. Mm. So, And they mention China up front. I have a hard time thinking that China isn't going to be involved in this season. Yeah, and... I also wish I knew a little bit about the last two seasons, seven and eight, because yeah. all that stuff that went down between the chief of staff and the president talking about <laughs> assassinating a Russian president and uh-huh. the bloody rampage he went on, and I have no idea about any of that stuff happening. Yeah, me either. So I don't know, you know, did Jack lose his mind? What what the hell actually happened? Um, we have a couple emails, a couple feedback rather. Mark in Omaha said regarding Audrey, we had a question last week about exactly what his her role is. He says Audrey's basically filling in the role of first lady since President Heller is unmarried. She handles a lot of ceremonial functions, such as being hostess for state dinners. There have been several presidents who have been unmarried, but it has been a while. That seems legit. Hmm. I feel like sure. the 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 last president that uh was unmarried, had a daughter that served a similar role. So that that seems legit. Uh, Fracken T on Facebook said, the the Margot-Simone situation, this is Catelyn Stark and uh, fake prostitute in disguise for (laughs) those of you that have been listening to our podcast. Who may or may not have a leg cut. At this point, <laughs> yeah, we were. I was, I was hoping to see a scene of her thigh. Yeah, we know, we know she got a big ouchie now. Yep, the, she's yep. lost the last joint of her pinky finger with a chisel. That's pretty. Yeah. That's that's pretty inventive. I guess no, I no kitchen knife, no meat cleavers, just a chisel. Chisel would do it. Sure. Uh, the Margot Simone situation kept me guessing for a few minutes as to what's going to happen, but it's pretty clear Simone is going to come to harm a scene or two before it happened. I think the writers know that there are only so many permutations of a given situation, and they know <laughs> nine days in that they've done every single one so that nothing will really surprise us anymore. What do they do? They let us figure it out early, then build up the dread to an awful torture scene. Mm. On the subject of torture, Jim and Aaron talked about it on the first cast, but if you missed a big part of the story, if you missed seasons seven and eight, season seven saw a new character, an FBI agent who is strictly by the book and against torture, hmm. become a torturer. The final shot of the season oh. was of her going into a room to torture and question a suspect, well aware that she's giving up her soul and not even being convinced that she's doing the right thing. Season 8 began with Jack being hauled in front of a U.S. Senate uh, committee investigating CTU, Jack, and their use of torture. The tone of the show regarding torture then changed. It was no longer the necessary evil committed by a righteous hero who gets his hands dirty so we won't have to. It was just evil. Now... Huh. Uh, he's got a couple more points, but I want to take a break real quick here. That's fairly interesting to me. In the first episode, the CIA we know is still torturing. They actually have their, uh, I forget what they call, special... Special, special torture unit. Yeah, it's basically... STU. It's their special <laughs> special tactics unit or their special handling unit or their white glove <laughs> treatment unit uh-huh. that we know is up to no good. We saw them torturing Chloe. They were going to torture Jack. So the yeah. U.S. government still tortures people. 
but it seems like I think he's right here in that Navarro seemed to be distasteful. Like this this agency is beneath us. Hmm. And they're a bunch of ruthless criminals and he was even you know, but yet he wasn't above using Jack uh or threatening Jack with the use of it to get him to talk. Sure. I mean, that kind of makes me wish that I had seen the last few seasons of this show because b- before season nine started, uh, I think that's an interesting way to take the show. And you kind of have to start the show in the way that they started the show in, you know, seasons one through five with Jack just wantonly torturing everyone in his path well, to I'm... get to that point where you have to, where you can now say, OK, we're changing the view on torture, the the. The outlook here is not this is something that's necessary. It's something that is kind of frowned upon, <laughs> as no. I think it should be. I think that's an interesting commentary on torture no, that I, mean, I didn't get from the show because I hadn't seen those seasons. Yeah, I mean, we have a long, proud tradition in this country of losing our fucking minds when we're at war. Sure. Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, good guy that he is, but he suspended almost all civil rights um, as far as you know, detaining criminals and writ of habeas corpus and all that stuff. Uh, World War II, uh, we basically rounded up and imprisoned all Japanese Americans and put them in yeah, camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the war on terror, we had a pretty divisive debate that's still ongoing in a lot of parts. This has died down because I think people have kind of forgotten about it, uh, about the use of torture and when is torture acceptable. And and, and mm-hmm. 24 was kind of linked to that because it had yeah. the fortune or misfortune to debut in 2011 just after the 9-11 attacks mm-hmm. and we had this guy who everything it was always a ticking time bomb scenario torture always worked 100 percent of the time yeah and that's the thing i i feel like maybe a lot of people aren't giving 24 enough credit maybe they haven't seen those seasons that he's talking about i haven't uh i i haven't either uh they're not giving 24 enough credit for being a commentary on torture not just being a show that glorifies torture right i mean definitely that's what it was for the first four or five oh seasons. yeah but you have to start there the national and maybe changed. you don't have to do five seasons of it <laughs> right maybe not right but you have to start there you yeah. have to start in season one and at least show the torture happening and the torture being glorified to get to the point where you've changed your mind uh he continues i haven't seen much torture this season have we in fact this is the first time and it wasn't jack or any good guy doing it uh, the big bad did it so she could carry out her big plan. 24 is simply not down to torture anymore, and I think that's wise. I don't think America has a stomach for it anymore, now being 12 years removed from an in-real-life attack on American soil. Good. We shouldn't. I am i don't know, man. I'm interested to see th- whether Jack and or Kate will use torture to get their way. I, mean, I don't know that they've completely put it behind their back. I don't know. They're certainly using psychological threats. Um, and again, Jack kneecapped a civilian's last episode. He did. He shot random people in a crowd. He took out a Bobby. He took out a diplomatic security agent. And Kate pistol whipped somebody. And he shot Marines in right in the chest. <laughs> That's not think, torture. Thinking that their that their body armor would save them. No, it's not torture. I'm just saying it's coloring outside the lines of what's right and wrong. Certainly, certainly. And again, the justification—it's getting—it's getting to your goals at any means. And with the justification that this guy is one hundred percent dead on right, uh-huh. and his correctness will vindicate him. See, the the trouble is that we see that he is one hundred percent correct, right? right? We see Catelyn Stark, and we see her 
plans and and we know that there is a threat and that Jack is onto it and he's right. Right. And everybody's So we know that most of the stuff he's doing is justified. Yeah. And in real life you don't. I mean You you never can, yeah. It's like one of those things where I remember some debate at the time was like, well maybe we should have torture on a table or maybe you should never legalize torture knowing that maybe one day some US agent somewhere will have to employ torture and if he ends up saving a thousand people's lives because of the information he got, okay, well then there's always presidential pardons and there's other things you can do. Sure. But if you're fucking wrong and that information doesn't lead to anything, then maybe then you, you should just go torture to jail. the man for no reason. Yeah. Right. Um so I it's 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 interesting and complicated and I don't know and again not seeing seven and eight, I don't know that twenty four has the chops to kind of handle all that stuff. Yeah. There's some silly shit in 24. <laughs> right. And it, also, these guys are on the other side of Homeland. You know, a lot of the same showrunners are involved in both. And mm-hmm. Homeland is like the shadow reflection, how they use torture not to give their information, but to just to break someone. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something similar to what we're seeing in, like, uh, Game of Thrones right now. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, it is interesting. I'm curious to see where it goes. And I'm I just curious want to something see... to happen. I'm curious to see when this first time skip's going to happen, too, because it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel like, you know, this whole episode, I'm like, okay, maybe there'll be a time skip at the end, but how will they handle that? Because this show is designed for one damn thing to happen to another. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to how they'll get to a position where things get bookmarked. Maybe... It might be next week, even. I mean, are they going to show us... Are they going to show us Jack being hauled off to wherever he's going now? Because there's a whole bunch of things that have to bake. Maybe the terrorist attack happens. Uh, they have to get the drones in place. But but what if the, the terrorist attack happens at the end of the episode? Okay. Jack's in custody. Kate is working the evidence. We need to take a three-hour break because the terrorist, you know, maybe they give him... I don't know what, what they're actually trying to do. Are they just trying to sow terror? What is their primary objective? I haven't... I haven't gotten that yet. Revenge seems to be what we've been so there's nothing, led to believe so far. There's nothing the English or U.S. government can do to stop the 10 drones from raining down death and destruction. Unless they can technically find a way to stop them. Okay. So, like, like, bust, like Jack Bauer can run in, bust in their doors, and take away their technology. What I'm getting at is, are these 10 drones, can he simultaneously take advantage of them and that he can basically stack them up and they could be, sh- they can just, every hour, they're going to, one of them's going to go off? Or does he have to pilot them one at a time? I don't know. It seems like once they knew a drone has gone rogue, they could intercept it and shoot it down. Yeah, you would think so. Um, like, they're really far away from London. So if London is their target... Mm-hmm. They're going to know that the drone has been taken over before it gets to London. Right. So we'll see. We'll see I wonder how if it plays there's some out. countermeasure for that, too. Like they're going to send an F 22 and they got some override codes to make him explode in the sky. <laughs> you don't even need that. I mean, a missile will do it. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but the terrorists, you know, what would they do to stop them from shooting down a drone? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you can do. All right. I think uh, that's good enough. Uh, that if is. you like to send an email, Dude at 24 at baldmove.com. Uh, surefire bet is to go on facebook.com slash baldmove and participate in the open threads. Not getting a lot of participation. Uh, in fact, the show, not getting a lot of traction. No. We are no. having an open debate about whether it's worth our time to continue it. Um, 
So if you'd like to see us do that, uh, tell a friend about the episode. Give us some ratings, reviews on iTunes. Uh, help us get this. Uh, uh, help get us. Help us get people listening to the podcast because there's eight million people watching the show. A lot of people. There's eight people listening to this podcast. There's a disparity <laughs> here that we need to figure out how to solve. Like four orders of magnitude. Here. <laughs> you can also talk to Jim on Twitter at Bald Move. Uh, we will see you next week. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then.